intuitive living is about being able to show up for yourself in the way that you need. And that includes thinking about what you need long term. And it's a hard balance, but it's when you can really analyze your mind and body and understand what's going on and what those goals look like, it's a lot easier to be able to say, this is hard and I need to do it. Or this is hard and it's not something that's in my scope right now and it's not in my capacity. So I'm going to take a step back because I need to. Welcome to Find Joy with Joanne podcast. I am your host, the confidence and visibility queen, Joanne Chan. I am a self-made entrepreneur who went from a nobody to receiving an outstanding leadership award on stage in Dubai and named as a successful person in my home country and speaking on stages all over the world, both virtually and in person. Now, I am on a mission to share what I have learned and what I have done to build my brand and business from scratch and to empower other coaches, leaders, and entrepreneurs do the same to help you build your confidence, visibility, and authority to make an impact in the world with the meaningful work that you do. Whether you are new to the business world or feeling unsure about public visibility or you want to be seen and heard in a way that doesn't feel icky but authentic to you, my signature mentorship program, Confident Visibility and Authority Accelerator, is designed to help coaches, consultants, leaders, entrepreneurs, aspiring speakers to overcome visibility fear, to confidently brand themselves and set themselves up as the authority in their industry. You will learn my tested roadmap that is not one-size-fits-all that supports many business models so you can become visible in the world in your own unique way and show up as the confident entrepreneur you have always dreamed about becoming. Our mentorship weaves together personal development, alignment practices, and modern business strategies. You will do the inner work, strategic development work, energetic work, and get implementation support to clear any blocks in order to up-level your visibility, confidence, and authority to work with more clients and to attract more opportunities. To learn more about the program and see if you are a perfect fit, visit the link www.joyanchan.com forward slash CVAA. Again, that is www.joyanchan.co forward slash CVAA. You can also find the link in the show notes below. And every Wednesdays, we are giving you access to the world's best and brightest minds of business in their fields on our show every Wednesday. Listen in as these leaders impart their wisdoms, inspiration, and stories to empower you to live and lead a life with joy. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. This episode is sponsored by Get the Law of Attraction. If you have been listening to this podcast, you will know that I am a big believer of the universe and the law of attraction. Get the Law of Attraction is a spiritual and inspirational company that gives you something really good like chocolate chip cookies to feed your soul and your mind every single day. They provide daily Instagram posts and reels on the universe, gratitude, spirituality for your headache life. They also have an educational course on the Law of Attraction and Gratitude Journal and their links are in the show notes below. Go to their website and use promo code JOYAN, J-O-Y-A-N when you sign up to get $25 off. Joining us today is a certified health and intuitive living coach. She helps women live confidently through intuitive eating and living, gut health, body image, and wellness. She's a yoga instructor and group fitness coach, and she's here to flip the script in the wellness industry while helping women follow their passions and cultivate the magic in their life. 
So she's here today to empower you to live confidently and freely in your body. So guys, tell me and welcoming the fun, authentic, and inspiring Madeline Isabel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's my pleasure for having you on the show because this is one of the topics that I'm passionate about, and I know a lot of people are struggling. So I'm so glad that we have an expert in the house today. So yeah. the first place that I want to start with you is because when I was doing my research, reading about you, you actually mentioned that you spent years hating your own mind and body with diet culture and weight loss, and you couldn't make your own decisions, and you were you were constantly searching for accident meditation and love. So I want to know, how did you finally learn to love yourself and start healing your own mind and body? Yeah, it took a long time. I definitely grew up with diet culture all around me. I think a lot of people in this day and age have and do. And I really felt the need that I needed to change my body. I felt like I needed to conform and focus on my body and losing weight and it took a toll on me and I had a lot of mental breakdowns and a lot of anxiety and I was very insecure. I struggled even making my own decisions. And when I went to university, when I started college, I realized that I was on my own for the first time and I was the only person that could make the decisions and I can't call back on people all of the time. And I knew that a shift needed to happen and I didn't know what it was. So I ended up finding health education through school and found a love for it and recognized that we really are the only people in control of our health and our overall well-being. And if I didn't make a difference now, then the trajectory of my life would have been so different. And I, you know, eventually want kids and want a family and I want to raise children that feel confident and love themselves. And I knew that that was never going to happen if I didn't feel that way myself. So I started working on my mind and body connection through yoga and just slowly bit by bit healing myself. And I have loved every step of the journey. It's been hard. There have been hard moments, but overall it's been really fulfilling. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people are in the state where they are not loving their body or trying to change their body. So in what? Because you are also a fitness. Um, so tell tell my listeners what do you do today? Before I yeah. ask the question, yeah. No, I love that. I do a lot of things. So I primarily am a health and wellness coach. So I do one on one coaching online, um, with women across the world, which is super cool and rewarding. It's fun connecting with people and hearing about everyone's different backgrounds and how a lot of people struggle and have insecurities, but they all stem from different cultural norms and the way they were raised and stuff like that. So I focus on one-on-one coaching and group programs that are all online worldwide. And then I am also a yoga instructor and group fitness instructor. I do that on the side. I do that a few days a week just because I love it. I love being with people and I love um, you know, being in that space and watching people learn about their bodies and figure out how to mindfully move in a healthy way. What is the biggest biggest problem that or biggest struggle that you see so many because after working with so many people, so many women or coaching so many women, I'm sure you started to see similar patterns, you know. So what is really the number one struggle that most people have today in the world today? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. I notice it differently on two spectrums. So in the fitness industry, when I'm coaching classes, it's a lot of diet culture, a lot of people feeling like they need to count every calorie they're eating and really focusing in on what diet is going to be best for them. And then on my health and wellness coaching, it's a lot of people not understanding that they can eat intuitively and that they can actually develop answers that they need within them without feeling like they need to turn to social media or, you know, friends and family, like they can answer it themselves. So in the fitness world, it's very much dieting. In my coaching, it's very much just feeling out of tune with their bodies and not understanding how to create a mind-body connection. I love that when you just mentioned intuition because because you are an intuitive living coach and um, you help people to, to live a more intuitive life. And I was like, wondering, how, you know, how, how do we do that? What exactly can we do to be more intuitive? And so you mentioned about intuitive eating and can you talk to us more about that and what do you mean by that? Yeah, so intuitive eating is a fairly it's becoming more and more popular um, across the world and stuff. So it's more of the mindset of being able to, excuse me, trust what your body needs and what your body's desiring and craving and being able to eat those things. So, and really just consuming things that are nourishing to the body. So it's not restricting yourself or feeling like you need to, you know, inhibit, not allow yourself to eat things that you would desire, but recognizing that if you eat the things that you crave in moderation, then you'll cultivate more intuition in your life because you're now being able to trust the signals that your body's giving you. So I've taken intuitive eating and I've now transformed that into a lifestyle and intuitive living is all about being able to trust your natural instincts, you know, and I use the example of babies all the time. You would never have, you would never tell a baby who's crying for food that they can't eat or a baby that wants to crawl around on the floor that they can't move. You know, you, they innately naturally have these things that they want to go and do. So I genuinely believe that as we get older, we kind of wash ourselves out and we, you know, conform to culture, social media, all of these things, and we forget our intuition. So I help women now come back to that and be able to trust the things that they desire and then make that into their reality. Mm, okay. I have a funny question. How do, we, how do we make sure we are not being distracted by our craving? Because let's say we, we have a we want to stay healthy, right? But at the same time, we feel like snacking. But how do we make sure that it is not a craving? It's, but it's rather that something that, you know, we, we really need. Our body is really like, and I don't know, how do you differentiate? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. It's actually my most common question that I get because we have been taught that we're not supposed to snack and we're not supposed to eat sweets. And I don't believe in that. I do believe that we should be eating the things that we're craving, including sweets, including unhealthy foods, but it's about moderation. And it's about being able, because when you deprive yourself of all those things, now that's the only thing you can think about and the only thing that you want. So when you allow yourself the freedom to say, I can eat that, but is it what my body actually wants? So we break down the connections of what our body's craving. So a lot of times we think we're craving sweets, but we might need a glass of water or we might need some fruit. We might be missing a whole necessity in our life that we're not giving ourselves. So I help women get in tune with that and understand, okay, what is my body actually craving? 
let me go consume those things. If it's, you know, if you want something sweet, maybe we consume fruit. Or if we feel dehydrated, we drink water. And then if we still want that piece of cake or that sugary junk food, allow yourself to eat it, but in moderation. Eat one small slice instead of the whole cake. So when we get out of the mindset of feeling like we have to deprive ourselves of everything, we can then trust ourselves that when I eat something, I'm going to be satisfied and not feel like I have to overeat it because it's always there for me to be able to consume. Mm. Yeah, I think overeating is another issue, another huge issue in the industry in the world today. Um, So what are some of your tips for not overeating? Your expert advice. Yeah, so definitely water. I think a lot of people just aren't consuming enough water. Um, And I don't give a specific, I don't believe in like calorie counting or telling anyone that they need to be consuming a certain amount of anything. I think everybody's body is so different, but we naturally don't drink enough water and stay hydrated. So that's a huge thing. Um, And overeating actually stems from a lot of insecurities inside. So I do, most of the work that we do is actually mindset work. So a lot of our inse- all of our insecurities and our insecurities with food especially all come from our subconscious body, our mental being. So I work with people to rewrite the script in their mind to understand, you know, what our bodies actually need. And that goes with overeating too. The reason why so many people overeat is because they feel an insecurity with food. So I struggled with that for so long before starting my healing journey. I ate so much food all of the time because I constantly lived in a state of feeling like I shouldn't be eating something. I wanted to be in diet culture. So then when it was with me and I was eating and allowing myself to consume the unhealthy foods, I was like, I need to get all of this in and eat so much of it because tomorrow I I shouldn't eat any of it. I need to be dieting. So a lot of overeating actually comes from the mindset aspect of it. So I work with my clients a lot on reworking a lot of the mindset work. And then we go from there to figure out what their bodies actually need to feel good with what they're eating. Hmm. So does it mean that um, when we are eating what we want, that means the next day, maybe we need to work harder at the gym or, you know, or yoga mat? It just means that we need to allow ourselves. So, you know, I'm going to use the example for of ice cream, for example. Yeah. So I used to eat ice cream. So I still eat ice cream a lot, but let's, I used to eat it so much. I would overeat ice cream every single day. And it was because I was leaving, living in the sense of I'm not supposed to eat it. When we're told we're not supposed to do something, we'd crave it more mm. because our bodies don't know when we're going to f- safely be able to get that thing again. So I would eat ice cream and feel like it's not safe for my body. I'm telling myself that this is something bad for me. So I want it more and my body keeps craving more and more of it. So as I've started, or as I've been on this journey for so long, I now can buy a whole thing of ice cream and take two bites and I'm happy. And I know it's there. If I want more of it, I can eat it, but I just don't want it because my body knows this is always going to be an option and it's not something bad for you. You just have to learn how to consciously consume it. Wow. 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 I love the term consciously consuming it. Yeah, because when you mentioned about, I, I also, not so, it's not like I have overeating issues, just like I, I have craving, you know, it's like, oh, the ice cream is there, and it's always there in the fridge. And it's because it's there that I would keep thinking about, you know, it's another, it's like, a, it's like I have to finish it. If not, it will always be there. You know? Yeah. But you can also shift that mindset from, because if you, 
have to eat it or it's always going to be there. What are you going to do the next time you go to the store? Buy another thing of it. So it's still always going to be there. So if we rework our mindset to knowing it is always going to be there, whether it's in the fridge or at the store, it's always available to you. So you don't have to overeat it because then it will always be available and abundant to you. Wow, wow, wow. I love that. Thank you so much for shifting my mindset. <laughs> oh, good. I love that. That makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> so now talking about what are some of the toxic or, you know, toxic advice in the, in the industry that you see today and what do you hate the most? Because you were one of the, you were one of the victims, I would say. What, what do you hate the most? Yeah, I don't want to say the, the word hate, but yeah. what, what is- no, it's, Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. I talk about it all the time on social media. So the second you said that, I knew. Um, so two things. One is the constant need for people to feel like they have to be on a diet, um, which is everything I just already talked about. Um, I just think it's, it's so sad that we feel like we can't consume and nourish our bodies the way that we need. But even more so, I really, really don't like the way that the wellness industry prevent, presents you know, what it means to love yourself. Um, mm. A lot of social media talks about you know, going to the spa and getting a massage or going to get your nails done or you know, going to work out. And that's how you take care of yourself. And I think that there is truth to that. I think there is a sense of taking care of yourself and doing things that feel good. But we need to get to the root of our mental well-being before we can make our health about anything else. We need to be regularly seeing doctors. We need to be taking care of our mental well-being. We need to be optimizing our well-being in all areas of life. And that looks differently for everyone. I have a client who, you know, her favorite thing for her overall health and wellness is going to play a sport on a team that makes her feel good and confident. And then I have another client who hates going and doing anything fitness related and literally would just love to sit outside and that makes them feel good. So I just, I really hate online how everyone talks about the best thing you can do for yourself, but that's not true. That's not true for everyone. So I don't like the way that it's presented and how toxic wellness culture really talks about how um, all these different things we can be doing and spending all this money to feel good about ourselves, but it's really just what feels good within. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I had another guest on the show before and she was a, a skin therapist or something before, you know, started coaching. And she was telling me that a lot of women came to her shop, you know, at the time and they were getting their hair done, you know, nails done, everything done, spa, massage, everything. And they walk out the the store still not feeling good about themselves, you know? Yes. And then yes. realize it's not working. It's not how it's supposed to be. And yeah, so Yeah. And it's so true. One of the programs I'm working on right now is about how mindset matters more than what you see in the mirror. And it's, it's true about every single person I've met and talked to. It does not matter how much money and time you put into how you look on the outside, your mindset matters so much more. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So what's all your, because for my listeners, especially my woman listening to this today, what can you say? What can you tell them? If they say they are struggling with their body image, they are struggling with self-confidence, or they are not liking what they see in the mirror every day and in the morning, what, what would you say to them? My go-to for everything is gratitude. So if there's something that we're not loving, then how can we find gratitude in it? Because it'll optimize the way we see it and feel about it. So for body image, let's say you don't love the way you look, 
how can we find gratitude in how we are and who we are? So for example, let's say stretch marks. Some women have stretch marks and they're really insecure about it. It's a really common thing that uh, my clients actually bring up is that they're most insecure about stretch marks. And I always tell them, how can we shift that to gratitude? Because you have to have stretch marks if your body's growing, if your body is changing. A lot of women, a lot of people, men, women, whoever, have stretch marks because their body has changed over time. Your body grew from being a child into this adult. So that's something to be grateful for. The fact that we're here today and our bodies grow with us every single day is so incredible. So shifting that mindset from these stretch marks are ugly to these stretch marks are have allowed me to grow and I'm so grateful for that. And we can do that with just about anything. Gratitude should be at the forefront of our lives and it brings more joy and more um, you know, optimal thoughts and the way we speak to and about ourselves when we bring gratitude at the top of our minds. So that's the first thing I always tell. That's the first, that's the first step I do with all of my clients, whether it's body image or mindset, we work on gratitude first. Yeah, I love that. And um, I have a question. So let's say, okay, now we learn to accept ourselves. We are grateful for our body. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I have a reason now to not go to the gym. I have a reason now to, to not work out, to not take care of my body because I love it just the way it is. You know what I'm trying to say? It's actually the opposite because now so many people go to the gym, not all the time. I, the, group that I work with at the gym when I'm teaching fitness classes are wonderful. So I don't think it's true about everyone, but a lot of people go to the gym because they're trying to find something to love about themselves. They're forcing themselves into loving themselves and it never works because you have to do mindset first. So, um, it's, it's all of these things. But now when you step into a place with the gratitude and figuring out how to love yourself the way you are, you now feel actually more motivated to find ways to feel healthier because you have something to love. You know, when you have a child or, you know, a best friend or a partner, someone that you love, you naturally want to take care of them. So it's the same thing with yourself. Your subconscious body is going to actually make you want to take care of yourself because it's it's just how it works, you know? If you love someone, you're not just going to say, oh, well, now I love you, so figure the rest out on your own. You're going to say, I love you. How can I help take care of you? And when we shift that perspective on ourselves, it's it goes the same way. I hated working out. I If you would have talked to me years ago before I started all of my health journey, I hated working out. Like you would never find me in a gym. And if I did, I was doing it because I hated myself and I didn't want to do it. And now I'm a fitness instructor and I'm in the gym every day and I love it. And it's because I am taking care of the body that carries me. And I'm so grateful for this body that I want to give back to it. And I want to feel my best doing it because of all that it does for me. Mm. You you t- you mentioned about subconscious body. Um, uh-huh. Did you say subconscious body? right? Yeah. Yes, I, yep. we, we heard subconscious mind all the time. So what is subconscious body? Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much the same thing. So subconscious mind and body, I usually use it interchangeably, but there is a little bit of a difference. So your subconscious mind is what we all know. Your subconscious body is your, your physical body. And the, it's the things that your physical body feels that we often don't notice. So for example, you know, let's just 
say going to the gym, you're physically moving and you're physically working out and you're sweaty and you're all that stuff. But your subconscious body now is taking note of the things that you're doing. So your subconscious body will feel wow, you're going to the gym to take care of me. Wow, you're moving your body in a mindful way. So it's very, it's the same concept of a subconscious mind, but it's just basically your whole body and what you're doing for yourself. Mm, okay, yeah. Thank you so much for explaining that. Now, Absolutely. Um, I also like that because I was watching one of your videos um, and in one of your videos, you, you talk about being mindful instead of being forceful. I like that. Um. So you also as a fitness instructor, how does that balance work between training for your fitness goal, you know, training for your, training your body and honoring your body, loving your body, accepting your body? How do we find a balance? Oh, that is, that is such a good question. I, I think it's different for everyone. I know it's different for everyone and everyone's journey on that definitely looks and feels differently. For me, I... I don't want to say I struggled with it at the beginning, but it was definitely interesting because I had to reassess what my goals were and why. So for a while, when I first started doing group fitness as a coach, I was realizing I was making these goals, but they weren't for me. It was because I felt like I needed to prove myself to my members and to the people who were looking up to me. And the best thing I could have ever done was reevaluate that and fully understand what my goals are and how the freedom of me creating the goals for me was now giving them permission to create goals for them. And it didn't matter what the numbers looked like. It didn't matter how fast they were, or how much weight they could lift. It was about creating goals that felt good and aligned to them, just like I did for me. So right now that looks really different than it has ever before for me. I've been focusing a lot more on, you know, different types of movements in my body and stuff. So my goals have adjusted a lot. And it's been really cool because no one has looked at me any differently for that. And I think that's the beautiful thing. When we shift our goals to something that feels aligned and feels good, then we give permission to everyone else to do the same. And it's that's the most fulfilling thing because the goals don't matter to anyone else. No one else should care. They should care about what they're focusing on. So the balance is super interesting and being able to trust that my body will guide me. And it does. Some days I go into the gym and I want to run like crazy and lift crazy weight and do crazy things. And then other days I just want to stretch or I just want to, you know, do light movement. And that feels really good. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I totally get it because I do yoga as well. And um, I do, I do it every day and sometimes I just feel like I want to do because yoga there are many types right so Sunday some some days I feel like oh I want to do vinyasa for example or the other day I feel like I want to just do a little stretching like you said you know oh, wow. so, yeah. yeah so it's, it's all really about cool, but... communicating with you you just have yeah. to yeah. And that's what intuitive living is about, is, is being able to not only allow the body to communicate to you, but to trust that it's what you need because we can hurt ourselves. And I spent so much time doing that before I found my health journey. I would go to the gym super forceful and super hard and it felt terrible. And then I would hate the gym because I wasn't doing anything that my body actually needed. So of course I was going to hate it. I wasn't listening to anything my body was telling me. Yeah, I can tell that because I used to go to the gym as well until, you know, pandemic hit and I, we couldn't go to the gym, right? So that's when I started um, working out at home and setting on my own yoga, yeah. yoga studio, you know. So I, I can feel the gym, you know, the, the environment, the atmosphere, the energy that is just so intense, you know. It's yeah. like almost everyone go there just for the sake of going there. 
for the sake yeah. of working out, just squeeze out, you know, 30, 30 minutes of their lunch break or after work. They're just like rushing, rushing, rushing. It's so intense. And I just, I feel stressed, you know? Yeah, and, it shouldn't yeah. be that way. Yeah. It shouldn't be that way at all. Yeah. Do you have any qu- one or two questions that we can ask ourselves to start understanding what feels good to our body in our day-to-day life? For example, maybe when you wake up in the morning, do you have a question for yourself? Like, do you ask yourself, what do I need today? And then you just pause and listen. Yeah, so I normally, so I do journaling every morning and every evening. And the first thing I write down before I journal is an intention word or an intention phrase. Lately, I've been doing intention words. So for example, um, today's word was non-attachment. Yesterday was calm. Um, So it's, it's, I ask myself, I, I don't actively ask, my, ask myself, but I kind of scan myself and notice the emotions going on. And so, you know, t- uh, yesterday I was feeling more anxious and more overwhelmed. So I knew that I needed to find calm. So I always suggest starting with an intention. So whether it's just a word, like an emotion that you want to feel or an actual intention for your day, maybe your intention is I would like to focus on feeling calm or I would like to get outside more, just some sort of manifestation, something that you want to put out there that you need more of and write it down. Because when you write it down, you have something to refer back on. And in the evening, I come back to my journaling and I write down the best part of my day, the hardest part of the day, and something that I'm grateful for. And it gives me a chance to reflect back on what my intention was and how that, you know, either transpired in my day or how I need to continue working on that intention. So the first thing I always suggest when you wake up is an intention. And then when you feel like you're off balance or when you feel like you need something, just turning inward. I The yoga part of me usually just closes my eyes, takes a few deep cleansing breaths and notice what's going on inside. We get so busy with life, with work, with families, with dinner and food and all the things that we forget to ask ourselves what we need and we forget to analyze what our subconscious mind and body are feeling. So giving yourself a chance to just turn inward and reflect on what's going on in the inside, what's going on on my mind, what's going on in my heart, and what do I need in that moment? Mm, I love that. So I would love to hear about your perspective on motivation because I'm sure there are days when um, you don't feel like going to work. I'm just saying, right? You don't feel like doing certain things. You don't feel like working out. Do you Do you then not do the things that you don't feel like doing or do you push yourself through it? So that's a really great question. It really, it depends on what the situation is. Mm-hmm. So my biggest thing that I suggest with this, so think about a goal, like any, let's just use a work goal. Let's say, you know, you have the goal of doing whatever it is in your business or in your life or in your job, your career, and that's your goal. So if you have to visualize the person that you have to be to become that goal, to make that goal a reality. So we can't think about the end result. We have to think about who we have to be right now to accomplish that thing. So let's just say, I'm going to try to use an example for me. Let's let's say that I, so one of my dreams is to have a TED Talk. So that's one of my biggest dreams is to have a TED Talk. So if I want to have a TED Talk, I have to do certain things to be able to do that. I have to con- con- I have to continue making content and I have to keep doing interviews and I need to keep speaking publicly to make that happen. So if 
I wake up one day and I say, I don't want to do this. And I continuously wake up and say, I don't want to be a public. I don't want to do this. I don't want to. Then I am not showing up for the person that I want to be. So then I need to reevaluate the goal and the intention. Do I still want to have a TED Talk? If the answer is yes, then I have to show up and put in the work. If the answer is no, then I need to readjust and reevaluate my goals to align with my lifestyle. So it really depends on what the ultimate goal is, you know, and it's a sense of, and that's what it is. It's about intuitive living is about being able to show up for yourself in the way that you need. And that includes thinking about what you need long-term and it's a hard balance, but it's when you can really analyze your mind and body and understand what's going on and what those goals look like, it's a lot easier to be able to say, this is hard and I need to do it. Or this is hard and it's not something that's in my scope right now and it's not in my capacity. So I'm going to take a step back because I need to. Well, I love that. Yeah. You answered that question perfectly because I talk a lot about showing up as well. Like, you know, you have to show up for the person that you want to become. You have to show up. Yeah. You have to know who do you want to become and you have to show up as if you are already that present, right? Yeah. Whether it's a speaker, a leader, a coach, anyone that you want to be i'm sure but the reason i asked the question is because i know there are so many people they are just living in their comfort zone or they are just feeling lazy don't want to get off their couch you know that's what i mean by that yeah yeah and how about consistency because when you earlier you mentioned about journaling every day and i used to do that like you know because i also I look at my social media, I took all this advice, you know, like you have to wake up every morning, you have to wake up at 5am in the morning, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to write 10, 10 things that you're going for, meditate, you know, do yoga and stuff like that. So I followed and it just didn't work for me, you know, I was like, forget it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe that we have to do everything to extremes and I think that that's where a lot of people go wrong, you know. Um, people feel like they have to write down 10 things they're grateful for, but why not just one? Why can't we just be grateful for one thing? You know, I don't believe that we have to get up crazy early because that's what's best for us. I'm an early bird and I go to bed early and that works really well for me. And I know people who really thrive by going to sleep late and waking up late. And that's okay. I don't think that there's a right or wrong with that if it works for you and your lifestyle. And I really think we need to get out of the idea that we have to go to extremes for all things because it's not true. We can really focus on simplicity and consistency is really important, but consistency is more important than extremes. So, you know, for me, I don't wake up and go to journal immediately. I wake up and usually I go to the gym in the morning and because that's just what my schedule is and I'll come home and I'll drink some tea and I'll journal then. I'm not going to wake up an hour earlier to journal because that's an extreme and it's not sustainable when we're going to do things that don't feel good. It's misaligned. And if the whole point is to feel good, why would we force ourselves into doing something that we're going to fall out of? So instead of doing 10 gratitudes, do one. Instead of journaling for two hours, journal for two minutes, for 20 seconds. I don't put a time limit on it. I sit down and I write, and when I'm done, I'm done. And that's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. And you don't have to feel guilty because I think that is the part that a lot of people are struggling with as well. If I didn't do it or didn't achieve it, then I feel guilty about, about it. You yeah, know? and we shouldn't. You can just restart the next day. It's okay. We're going to fall out of routine sometimes, and that's all right. It's just the consistency help keep, helps keep us on track. And when we fall out of it, 
we just come back when we're ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so key. Thank you so much. Now, before we move on to the final part of our uh, episode, do you have anything that you really want to talk about or really want to share? Perhaps I didn't let you or didn't ask you. Yeah, I think it's just really important to understand that we're in charge of our own lives and it's super easy to get caught up in the social media and the toxic culture around us. And it's sad, you know, at the end of the day, we're living life for us. And I said it at the beginning about, you know, showing up for yourself. But when you show up for yourself, you're giving other people permission to show up for themselves. And that is a really transformative thought because we often feel like we have to do things for other people. We have to serve other people. It's selfish to, you know, do things for ourselves. And it's not true because when you are showing up for you and you are doing something that feels good, you are telling everyone else around you that it's okay for them to love themselves too. And it's okay for them to do something for them. So then instead of outwardly serving we can all inwardly serve while doing it together. And we really come into communion with each other. And I think that that's just really beautiful. So it's okay to show up for yourself. It's okay to ask for help. And it's okay to lean into other people and do it together. You know, this life's scary and weird and hard. And it's really cool. And you can find people that want to support you and are there for you. Yeah, yeah. And even if they're not there, you have to be there for yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, we have one life in this body and it's we are in this body for our entire lives. So we have to lean inward. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with every single word you said, because I am such a big advocate for self-love, but not the toxic way. You know, it's like the longest relationship that you have, the longest relationship you have is with yourself, you know, the relationship you have with yourself. So yeah. I love this conversation so much and thank you so much for being here. And we always end our show with final five rapid fire questions. Okay. So these are the five questions that I ask on my guests um, at the end of the show. And the answer, it has to be answered in one word or one sentence maximum. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I actually have a different set of questions for you today based on what you do and based on our conversation. So... The first question is, what is the best self-love advice that you have ever heard or received? The best self-love that I've ever advice I've ever heard is a quote by Brene Brown, and it's don't shrink, don't puff up, stand your sacred ground. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love her so much. I do too. <laughs> what is the worst self-love advice that you have ever heard or received? Oh, goodness. Definitely anything with diet culture. Everyone tells me about the newest diet that I need to try, and I hate that and won't do it. (laughs) If you could live your life all over again, what would you do differently? Mm, Nothing. I wouldn't be where I am today. Wow. Beautiful. What is something you're trying to learn or curious about right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... Right now, I'm really learning a lot about just growing my business, scaling my business, and getting group programs out there more. Cool. The last question is, what brings you joy? Friendship, laughter, connection. Being being in connection with other people right now is a huge one. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm sure a lot of people, they want to get to know you more or join your program or have a coaching with you. So where's the best place for people to find you? 
Yeah, best way is definitely Instagram. It's called my Instagram is essentially dot Maddie. Um, my website is essentially Maddie.com. And I'd love to offer anyone who listens to this podcast, send me a message and I'll give you a free coaching call and help you set good intentions to help you love your body. Love it. Thank you so much for that generous offer for my listeners. And um, all right, guys and girls, I hope you love this episode. Go follow Madeline, go to her website, check out all the amazing things that she's doing, put a call with her. I'll put all the links in the show notes below. So make sure you check it out and follow her. If you want to learn more about what I do, you can go to my website, joyachan.com and also follow me on Instagram if you haven't already at joyan.chant and tell us what is your biggest takeaway from this episode. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit the subscribe button so you never miss another episode. And I will always leave you the same way as I leave you with every other episode. Show up. The world needs you and you need you. Thanks for listening and I wish you all a joyful and amazing day ahead. Thanks again to our sponsor, Get the Law of Attraction. Follow them on Instagram for daily spiritual enrichment and encouragement, especially if your spiritual ice cream cone is melting a bit, you will get a fresh scoop of your favorite flavor of spiritual encouragement and insights. Find your with Joanne listeners will get $25 off when you go to their website and use promo code Joanne, J-O-Y-A-N, when you sign up for their Law Attraction course and Gratitude Journal. Once again, that is Joanne, J-O-Y-A-N, for $25 off, and their links are in the show notes below. Thank you again for tuning to Find Joy with Joanne podcast. If you love and enjoy today's episode, you can help support this podcast in one of three ways. One, take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your IG story and tag me at joyan.chan so I can repost and connect with you. Two, share this podcast with a friend or family member. And three, leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts so we continue to grow and reach more listeners worldwide. And make sure you also subscribe so you don't miss out on any episode coming Wednesday. And my joyful friends, until next time, keep showing up. Success doesn't show up for you until you show up and pursue your own success. Again, thanks for being here and I will see you soon in the next episode.